I'd listen to ESPN and get mad at how bad they are. Shout out to him hitting those two free throws, because I knew he was going to split them. They can read, like, 98% of humans can reason. Athletes, at best, are just like everybody else, but a lot of them are really, really dumb. He's like, here's your three. Dudes want to be right, and dudes don't like to be told to shut up. Instead of, like, pass, 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 ass. Basketball players want to be actors, actors want to be rock stars, rock stars want to be athletes. You're just never going to bring those people back. You're never going to get them back. You're just going to keep pushing them away. You don't understand that this is anti-capitalism and anti-this and anti-prison and anti-whatever, and it's like, no, no, it's just, it's just life. <laughs> That's not who Luke Skywalker is. He's the purity of the Force. are five and oh it's kind of fun shafty's here we want to do a quick 20 minutes uh go ahead ask that question again are you sick of jordan or yet because yes I... <laughs> go ahead. but at the same time no i he's he's like he does just enough where you're like ah, i can see it <laughs> he's like a lit he's like just a half step better than dj wilson oh man Oh man! Like after yesterday's game, he yesterday's game was atrocious, and then today he's got eleven points, hits a couple big shots, and you're like, ah, maybe. It, it's tough because obviously we don't want to root for the team to be injured, but you can tell, like, I, I the desperation. Like, you can smell it through the TV screen now. Like, he, he's pressing, and, like, the layups, he missed, like, point-blank put-back layups the other night. He just, you can tell he, I mean, his shot, his flick is on, is still on point when he gets it, but he, it's like he knows these are his last games before Chris and... and yeah, he's, uh, yeah. he's got to prove it. He has to, like, prove he's the best. Uh, what's crazy about those layups, too, is that's, like, one of the things I think he's really good at is like that touch around the basket. I've seen it so many times now. I think he was screwing around the last couple of years. I don't know. His defense, to me, looks pretty solid. I think he's still like in yeah. the wrong places quite a bit now, but it's like he wasn't trying the first two years. I think this is his third year, right? Yeah. And, and, and now he's trying, and it may just be too late. Yeah. Unless we have like a just a slew of injuries, especially once, you know. Um, I mean, it's set up Jingles perfectly for him. Literally like three wings are hurt. And right. he's, he's like still struggling to find minutes. But yeah, he's he's been better on defense. I can't believe we're talking about Jordan Nora after the Bucks are five and zero. Oh, but so how how much fun is this? Like this is mad fun for me. I like I don't so good. I would never have described myself because it sounds pretentious. It's not like I'm like as much as I talk about the '90s. Sometimes it's not like oh I'm a defensive basketball fan. I love the Knicks and the Heat and all this kind of stuff. I do kind of like 
this version of the, for, I mean, I, the Chris stuff is all kind of a joke, but like, I do like the everyone's trying on defense to the extent of their abilities bucks a little bit more, even though these like cold stretches are obviously problematic, but tonight was fun. Like I didn't get to see the first couple games I was out of town, but like this, this was a fun back to back win. this is a pretty special win. I thought I said after the Rockets game, Oh, it's the 2019 bucks. Where have you guys been for two and a half years? Yeah. Yeah. But they finally feel, I don't know if it's like the full off season and Brooke, whoever that back surgeon is should the bucks need to send him a couple hundred grand. Cause it's, it's amazing what he did to Brooke, but it's, it's like, oh, we're we're back to being the bud domination, Giannis winning an MVP every year Bucks. Is is it because they're taking it more serious? Is it because Burke is healed? Is it because Javon Carter is just like another great defender? Like I don't Yeah. It's probably a combination of all of those things. And Giannis just being way better and kind of moving away from just like picking his spots more, I guess. But I'm having a great time. It's been like it's probably the most fun I've had in the regular season since pre-pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, every look, every year even in the I mean, again, as Bucks fans, I did enjoy um the pod you had a couple ago where it was just like I miss Joey Jojo, but like where it was just um what's his name who's the Bears fan <laughs> cuz Cecil? Yeah. Yeah, cuz cuz it really does illustrate that thing of it feels whack to even complain about any of this the last five years uh yeah. since 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 the last kid prunty year and even look kid prunty was still a ton of fun uh, the first but, year was great yeah the I, one of the best moments of my bucks fandom at, was that uh jared bayless layup over the bulls yeah, yeah that was a great time and fire kid was also a great the last time we reunited, it was great. Yep, hundred percent. And now it's yes, and even Carter, right? Like again, like as much as like sometimes I put out content on this stuff, like you're not like really coming to me for like the week after the playoffs. Yeah, Javon Carter. Like I, I fully accepted from the real GM threads and my various group chats that Bud was messing it up with Javon Carter or George Hill. But like I, I, I just kind of was like, well. That didn't work. Uh, you know, talk to me in three months. And now watching Carter being just kind of a solid kind of fire hydrant kind of guard, it it, it does make you wonder if we could have beat the Celtics just as things were. Uh, someone said in one of my group chats, it's really funny that Bud is starting Javon after blowing it in the Celtics series. And, and I feel like that's a good take. It's like, bro... <laughs> How do, yeah. how do you go from this guy's not broke George Hill with a broken neck is playing yep. over Javon Carter and now this dude's starting outscore yep. defending Jalen Brunson and outscoring him like legit locking him down. Well, I, I think both things. I mean, I think that's back to the Nora thing. That's that's why coaches go to you know eight man rotations because it's just. Yeah, you should get pulled some of the time. I mean, like that was Portis the year before. I mean, it's just like, but it does make sense to tighten the rotations just so people don't like fall off the roller coaster of the playoffs. But yeah, you kind of feel like, again, we're talking about last year. So far, 5-0, and oh, it's fun, right? 5-0 and oh is fun. Missing our probably three best shooters. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I, I had this thought. I had this thought now. Are we going to get away with, and I guess the playoffs, the playoffs will just be the playoffs, but if Jingles comes and it's a rejuvenation, right? We get like mm -hmm. 2019 Joe Inglis or whatever, like yeah. the, like, like late, late prime, but he can be really good every third game, right? Mm -hmm. Can we play him and Chris at the end of games or is that just going to be matchup dependent? Cause I, like, I, I like, dude, I'm so in love with the idea of Chris being the only old man out there, but then we can't really almost even have Portis sometimes, and we certainly, I don't know that we can have him and Ingles, but so I just think, go ahead. You'd go like, what, Drew, I don't know, Javon, Chris, Ingles, Giannis? I just think some, at the end, of, if we get the Ingles that we think we're going to get, 
the pick and roll passes to Giannis are just kind of the overall like it'll it'll be like the yeah. most supercharged version of Jared Dudley. You know, like 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 it'll all of a sudden be like the smartest, longest it's, kind of. It's like Chris Middleton, but slower and less athletic. Yes, right. But 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 maybe a little bit smarter, maybe a little bit better passer. I mean, I love Chris's passes when they're on target, but it's just like I don't know if you can do both things. But in the regular yeah, season, you can do whatever you want. I think uh, we'll find out. I guess would be my response. I I don't know. I I fully believe that Ingles is going to be himself like people are like oh we'll have to see will he actually recover from acl and it's like it's not 2004 guys like brooke lopez is what 35 how old is brooke lopez brooke lopez is 34 if i told you 10 years ago 34 year old seven foot one center had back surgery you'd be like oh he's never gonna play in the nba again and now he's having the best you know he's having the best season i these first five games has been the best he's played for the bucks ever in my opinion he's been our second best player until drew dropped 34 tonight he finally hit some shots but brick is de- brick's defense has legit been just outstanding outstanding incredible yeah like it, uh, and, and amazing that they keep trying him and he's just there like he had one block tonight where he stopped trey and trey like threw a lob to on the other side of the hoop to um, Capella and Brooke got up, got a second jump up and time to block Capella's dunk. And I was like, hold, where are you? Where have you been? Brooke Lopez? I missed you right. so much. And it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's almost like, you know, everybody in the NBA, except Drew, you take for granted. Cause like, you know how hard those angles are. Like Trey, Trey hit like four straight left-handed layups in the first half. Trey Young he, is, is the best guy at scoring over Brick I've ever seen. He, the, he's yeah. just, he's probably just been. I have a big, I have a lot of belief in like, um, play, like how you grew up playing, uh, affecting how you do. Like Russ, Russell Westbrook's a good example. Like guys like that who are just like have always been able to just outrun and outjump everyone, never developing a jumper because they right. never had to because they could just. Out, like why am I going to develop a jumper? I can just run past this guy. Like Zion Williamson, that's one of my big concerns. Is he's always been able to just dunk on everyone, so yep. he never actually learned how to play basketball. Um, I Trey Young always has just been tiny, probably. So like he's always had to navigate a giant center. So like when he sees Brook Lopez, it's like, oh, I've been doing this my whole life. That's why he's so good against us. Like, he's always just this, like, style of having to play against a big center. He's just always had that. So I, I think tr- right. the Hawks are never going to beat us because they just don't have enough. But I think Trey is always going to look good against Brook Lopez just because he's he just knows how to. he Those layups, some of those layups he hit, it's just, like, looks so easy. You're like, oh, yeah, Brooke and Lopez it's so hard. Sucks. Yeah, and it's, it's so, so hard. hard. So perfect. It's just, like little floaters off the glass and it's left hand skip foot where he's not even really planting the foot and he's just putting it at the perfect angle around this right and he's like releasing it from his waist and it's like no he's he's hitting that because he's been hitting that for you know 20 he's been hitting that his whole life and he doesn't necessarily like he doesn't it's not really his goal necessarily to get all the way there because it's not like he's gonna dunk it so it's just like okay within eight feet all these in between shots. He's just like, okay, bet. I'm I'm yeah. taking this. I'm taking this 14 foot shot. I'm I'm you know he he's not really even trying to get to the layup necessarily. It's it's I he's right. better he, than he, I ever thought he'd be. He had he's had to do that. He's had to play that way his whole life because he's been you know tiny probably his whole life. Like when he was in U12, he was probably like you know three foot nine or whatever and like right. 40 pounds. You know he was like one of those tiny kids. I, I respect him, but also Drew Holiday scored 34 points because he can't play. D- Trey just can't play defense. Right. Exactly. It's, and, it's, and Drew's it's, been bad. It's almost since since Steve Nash, have you seen a worse defender who's as talented offensive? Like, I'm, I'm sure there's somebody else just from the shortness of it, but like Nash, as great as Nash was, he's one of the worst defenders like I, like, like I could have scored on Nash. And, and it's just, but, but yeah, Drew. So I think we can agree too, because I mean I think this is kind of tied into the ongoing Middleton Drew wars. 
like Drew isn't this good either. That, like that's kind of the the kind of ongoing thing. Like I'm so happy he finally had a good game. Like, but this yeah. is just always who he's like. I, shout out to him hitting those two free throws because I knew he was going to split those free throws. Uh, but yeah, good. But I, I think it, w- anybody playing off Giannis, it becomes this usage usage issue where. Yeah, you start getting up into 18, 19, 20, 24 shots. Like, it, it benefits both Middleton and Drew to get those extra because eventually he gets going. But even more than even more than Middleton, Drew is just such a heat check kind of player yeah. that you just got to, I mean, it, you're just going to have to take the good with the bad with, with everybody I, but Giannis. I just wish Bucks fans w- could understand the players that are on their own team. Like, also, Drew Holiday is probably the. The best perimeter defender in the league. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Best best guards. So best perimeter defender in the league. One one a. Yeah. Can um has enough uh, in the offensive repertoire to be decent to good. And that's all you need from a third star. He proved in the playoffs. He was for game seven against the Nets. And then he hit like two of the most absurd shots ever in the fourth quarter to help us win that game. Yep. And then he had like one of the greatest perform. Like go back and watch Game Five against the Suns in Phoenix. Go watch him play. He was legit. He was second quarter. They they um, they they saved the season. Him and Brooke literally saved the season. Yeah. So it's like. He has the ability to be elite on offense through small stretches, and he has the balls to be elite on offense in the big moments, and he's always going to be the best defender in the league on the perimeter. So, like, just accept that some nights he's going to, you know, go four for 15. Yes. And still play elite defense. Like, just, like, and the, the best thing about him is his shot doesn't affect his defense. Like, he can go, he can miss five in a row, and he's still going to be, you know, an elite defender. So just like, except like it's the same thing with Chris Middleton. Like he's gonna yep. have the most embarrassing turnovers you've ever seen in your life, like three times a game. But he's also gonna hit just absurd shot after absurd shot. And him and him and Giannis running pick and roll, they've been doing it for nine years. There's probably not a better like play in the league besides like Chris or Steph Curry, Draymond, uh, like handoff. For over 40 years, Charles McCutcheons has stood for the best America has to offer. He's president of a Fortune 500 company, father of two wonderful children, and a good neighbor. I'm not here to sell anything, and I'm certainly not running for any political office. Work. Family. Community. Charles McCutcheons. Hi. Paid for by Charles McCutcheons. So I wanted to ask you, this has kind of cooled off a little bit, but just as an idea, as an ideological idea, where do you come down? Obviously, it doesn't work this way, but um, Crowder versus um, Clarkson, basically, you're looking for one kind of, you're, it's it's dog versus shooting, essentially. Like, what, and what do we need? Do you want either of them? But just as an idea, like, yeah. what what side did you come down on that? So you know Clarkson was my idea, right? No, go ahead. I was the first person to tweet trade for Clarkson. I was tweeting. I was in my, uh, you know, I have this DM group, right? The fiefdom that is notorious. I was getting roasted all off season, being like, "We need to trade for Jordan Clarkson. We need to trade for Jordan Clarkson. He's gonna. He's like." And everyone's like, oh, he doesn't shoot threes well or play defense. And it's like, I'm so sick of those. Like, I've seen enough. You know, I've seen enough 3 and D guys. I want, yeah. like, uh, Clarkson adds, like, a, a different, uh, he's like a different type of player. A different archetype. Uh, one that we've never had, in my opinion. Look, Brandon Knight was maybe the last close archetype we had. Um, I'm I'm fully Team Clarkson, but he's playing so well. I don't think I think he's played his way out of our value. Mm. And I think Jay Crowder will become a brick if we trade for him. That's just how it works for uh, 
Bucks players because you got to be a really good shooter to hit the shots that Giannis creates. Right. Unfortunately, because Giannis doesn't create like uh, pass around, like he doesn't create like energy. You know, like those threes where like the ball moves like four or five times and like the guy takes it and you just know it's going in because it's just like it has that that positive vibe energy that it's just going in. Giannis creates like pressure because yeah. it's open and you know you got to hit it. It's not like uh, rebound, you know, fake drive, pass, pass, pass in the corner up, perfect three. You know, it's not like one of those. So well, like I, that's I, like a I, different type of three. But I, I think, too, that just the nature of two guys are on Giannis, four guys are on Giannis, two guys are there and another two guys are, are whatever, that the first pass often is just going to be the guy who takes it, especially as quick as Brooke and Pat yeah. and some of these guys pull. It's not like the classic 2014 Spurs around the horn, eight passes kind of thing. It's like or what Giannis, Steph Curry creates. Yeah. Yeah, right. It's, it's like moving. It's constant motion. And it's like that energy that builds up. And uh, I'd agree with that. Like great Grayson, he even said, like, I'm not used to like taking he said these wide open threes. But what he meant was like these like, here's your three, you know, instead of like pass, pass, pass. Ah, I'm supposed to shoot. Right. You know, right. I I do think there's more of an energy to the other way around where this is like, yeah, you better you better shoot it. You know, right. And it feels like Giannis this year has kind of tried to he's talked a lot about I don't know if you've watched a lot of his press conferences, but he's talked a lot about trying to like he's trying to move into a different play style that'll like let his body play another 10 years. Right. And so I think that's part of what he's trying to do is kind of build more of a a movement like the Celtics or the Sixers game. He played that way the entire way. The Nets game, he played that first half like that. Tonight, I think he was just exhausted the first half. Um, so I think, Jay, to get back to your original question, I think Jay Crowder isn't going to hit those Giannis creation threes. I don't think he's that good of a shooter. Kind of like Nikola Mirotic, like fell apart trying to hit those threes and then left the league. <laughs> so I just don't think Jay Crowder can hit those. Maybe uh, I would if... I would target Harrison Barnes if the Kings are going to suck. Um, oh, interesting. <laughs> Jordan Clarkson. It, 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 Jordan Clarkson is like the pie in the sky. We trade for him. Just bid, pull up Bart Winkler and go put your chairs down on this on for the parade now. Because if we get Clarkson, like, like he's legit, like he's that ball handler. Like he's just like a ingredient we don't have, you know, we've never had. Harrison Barnes seems so Marvin Williams to me, but but yeah, hey, do you know Harrison right. Barnes creates like seven free throws a game? No, that's what sold me. I was talking to Archon. I don't know if you follow him on Twitter. I think I know he's, who it is. I don't remember. Yeah, but yeah. Ryan, he's a good follow. He he's he writes for Acme Packing Co. He's a big Packers guy. Um, well, Harrison Barnes shooting eleven percent from three this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Barnes uh last 3 years in Sacramento 6.2 or here we go 5.4 4.1 3.7 free throw attempts. 5.3 this year. Mm. Like uh you know, I think he's a big wing. He's only 30. Can you believe that? Did he only play one year in Carolina or was it one or two? It must have been two cuz they weren't letting him do one, right? He but yeah, came he was in, Yeah, he came in at age 20. God, it just feels like that guy's been in the league forever. Dude, we're so old. Giannis is in year 10. Right. It's like he never he never recovered from whatever game seven. Was it game seven? Was it the 2016 LeBron? One of those years it was like he had he was missed a bunch of open threes and then it's like then he got shipped off for Durant and that was that. And he's kind of bounced around looking for he's been pretty he's he's been in purgatory on Sacramento. Right. But he's been pretty good for them to uh, you know all things considered but uh, clarkson is like i said clarkson is clarkson's my guy i've been i've been banging the clarkson drum for like a year but since i think i looked it was like may last may i think i tweeted it like literally right after the season right when it was obvious that the jazz were gonna blow it up it was like clarkson's the guy because you we don't have that like you know 
you need a guy who doesn't know he's not supposed to score 25 in the finals, you know? You need right. like that. You need J.R. Right. Smith. <clears throat> right. You, you need a, Nick Young never got like that chance, but he's like that. You need that guy who's Jamal Crawford. To, yeah, Nick Young, so Jamal Crawford. so irrationally confident that he's he's not good enough to score 25 in the finals, at, but he's gonna do it because he doesn't know he's not good enough. He's gonna right. you know mix up. He's gonna shoot a bunch of terrible. Jordan Nora could possibly be that, but I think he just doesn't know anything, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. Right. But yeah, I'm I'm fully team Clarkson. But he's playing so well, I don't think <laughs> I don't think we can afford him, unfortunately. Well it's funny though too, because I mean that's also completely I don't say it's completely random. Like I do think like Clarkson's is really skilled at all aspects of kind of the Hooper the the, the Hooper bag, but Yeah, he's a great he's a he's, he's a quintessential he's Hooper. Yeah, I agree. Right. He's quintessential all, Hooper. all don't stop one hundred percent has a thread about how good Jordan Clarkson is. I've questioned the team's heart on and off like you don't you don't it's like the pj thing right you notice it when it's there you don't necessarily notice it when it's not there if we're not playing well mm-hmm. and th- and this five games before november 1st doesn't necessarily mean anything but i do think possibly javon carter plus psycho Giannis plus drew is enough like we just needed one more guy but i think that's more the argument for crowder because i do think crowder is a winner i think Crowder's in the playoffs every year. Like I, I think I said this last year in the yeah. pod or two years in the pod. Like he's, he's, a great, he's a quality player. He's a quality seven-man rotation every single he year. He goes in the to the Sixers. He has a game where he hits seven threes and, and wins a playoff game against just by himself. Yeah. I I have no doubt about that. If he's on the Bucks, does he miss every three and we hate him? That's totally likely. It almost feels like in the Brewers weren't like this either but just i'm still too much of a poverty sports fan to really be talking to me like a yankees fan in my head being like what's this little thing that might get us over the hump where where it's like well is he better than drew hill where or george hill rather it's like yeah probably but like these marginal upgrades that you know none of these are going to be like the home run the home run swing to me anymore like clark i would be excited for clarkson but at the same time it's it's like we saw, I mean, even dude, we saw um, Clone K. I mean, Grayson Allen. Yeah, Grayson Allen against the Bulls. Clone K. He looks like he looks like Coach K. He looks he looks like uh, he looks like he looks like if you took Coach K and okay. and and made him you know twenty six or whatever he is and like gave him yeah. a, a short haircut, he looks like. I feel you. Like, sure. Yeah. So that be, kind of becomes a thing where it's just like, yeah, we're trying to all get through the season. We're trying to be healthy and everything like that. And it's like, how how excited can we really – I don't know. I Frankly, it's just – I think a lot of these third and fourth quarters, you're like, man, this offense is really grinding down without Chris and Pat. It kind of sucks, but it does elevate the stakes so much that it's like these games I do feel like are a little bit more exciting than – we drop, give up a three. We shoot a three, we give up a three. We shoot a three, we give up a three. They missed a three. Okay, we go on a break. Giannis dunks. That's fun. You know, but it's I, I do feel like there's been a little bit more resistance offered. But that again, I've only been able to watch three games. Yeah. I the the three point defense change has been a, a revelation in my opinion. How many did the Hawks take tonight? The Hawks only took twenty nine threes tonight. And 10 of them were Trey Young pull-ups. Lately, we've all been hearing a lot about a certain Charles McHutchins. But did you know about Harrison Greeley III? Harrison Greeley is also a successful businessman with a family and a lot of friends. Plus, he likes you. You can call me Harrison. Harrison Greeley. Rich, got a great family. Really nice house. A super guy. Paid for by the Harrison Greeley the Third Committee for Harrison Greeley the Third. Alright, so anything else you want to say? Um Any takes you want to get off? We do have a couple questions. Are you, are you watching Andor or no? No, I'm not watching Andor. And I just saw something about them uh spoiler alert. I just saw something about them making the Jedi Council bad or whatever. I don't know, dude. I there's no reason to dilute these stories in the fucking. But I haven't watched any Andor, so I have, I have no takes on that. Okay. Um, you'd like it if you watched it. No, I. It's it's on the list. It's 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 really slow and really. It, 
you if you if you watch that in a quiet room. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Did you like The Last Jedi? Oh no. Okay. Well then maybe I'll watch Andor. Well go ahead. Can you go. believe can you believe there's people who like The Last Jedi? I'm clearing out for you. Hold on. So I'm gonna I'm gonna clear out for you, but Bill Walsh, Bill at CBS fifty eight. Has says I have no questions about the 2023 NBA champions, and we're all feeling pretty good. That's to right. say that. And then he asks, "Is Andor better because there are no Jedi in the story? Does the complexity of the script remind you of other shows like The Wire? And can we have more adult Star Wars, please?" And he puts "adult" in quotes. So thanks, Bill, for your question. Um, we'll answer Bill, that. I, I would. Uh, I I like that idea. I haven't watched Andor, but I do like that idea. Like uh, the thing I like about Star Wars, The Mandalorian did this well. Is like I just want to live. I just want to be more in that universe. So it doesn't have to have Jedi's. It doesn't have to have the Force and good and bad. It can just be something in the Star Wars universe, right? All right. So let me let me let me hear your last Jedi. I don't think we've ever the last Jedi. Jedi. Haven't seen it. I watched it when it came out with my father. I, me and my dad go to a lot of movies. We see movies. The worst movie we ever saw was uh, we went to the midnight showing of. Avatar: The Last Airbender, the M Night Shyamalan movie. I don't think no. my dad ever forgave me for making him go to that at midnight I've because never it was. Seen, I've never seen that. It's utter garbage. I could have me and you give me and you an iPhone 13 Pro Max. We probably could have made a better version of Avatar: The Last Airbender. That's how bad it was. Um, the Last Jedi. It just felt like uh, my favorite. This says a lot about me. My favorite Star Wars is Return of the Jedi. And it's only because I like the beginning. I like Luke showing up and showing up to Jabba's place. You know, the backflip off of the thing and catching the lightsaber in midair. And just being like, I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm just... I have the Force and I'm just better than everyone. And I feel like The Last Jedi was like, Luke's mad and sad. And like, he wouldn't have done that stuff with Kylo. Like, ah, dude, I just, I hate it so much. He wouldn't, like, the Luke Skywalker from the first three movies wouldn't, and even the Luke Skywalker who comes to save Grogu and then lets Grogu pick his own fortune, you know, says, hey, you know, the, the Luke Skywalker who tries to kill Kylo in his sleep hides the armor from Grogu and just keeps training him. Right? He never brings it up. He never brings that choice to Grogu. But, like, the real Luke Skywalker is, like, I'm not fighting my dad. I am I know there's good in him. I'm get, Like, how do you let your dad shock you for 20 minutes because you know there's good in him and then get saved at the last second not fighting back, even though you can fight back? Because you know there's good in him, and then you have one bad dream, and then you go to kill a child. How does that make sense? It I, doesn't. I don't. I don't disagree with any of that. I. I uh, you know, peop- there's people I, who like that movie. They're like, oh, it was deep and, and introspective, and it made Luke, and you know, he had different thoughts, and it's like, no. That's not who Luke Skywalker is. He's the purity of the Force. He's he's acceptance, you know? It's like the same thing, not to go off on a tangent, but it's the same thing with Kyrie. It's like the people who like that are like, oh, Kyrie, how dare you post these things? And it's like, that's not how you get these people to not think these crazy thoughts. You, like, walk them, walk their thought process out, and you keep asking them questions and, like, egging them on until they realize how stupid they are. But being like, oh, you're wrong. Or like on the press, on a press conference being like, how dare you post this? And it's like, he's just going to keep digging in. He's never going to, he's never going to realize how insane he sounds. Charles McCutcheons has a message for you. Let's look at the facts. I have a great family. I won this trophy in Cape Cod last year. And next month, I plan to learn how to water ski. Charles McCutcheons. Now you're talking great guy. Look at the facts. Paid for by the McCutcheon's Family Committee to celebrate Charles. 
Yeah, you should you should listen to. We did a Star Wars episode a year ago. Like it was like two hours. Um, like, I think we did top. We did top five. Top five Star Wars. Me, and my brother, and my cousin. That was one of one of our favorite ones. I think. But like, since you brought up Kyrie, I want to get back to Star Wars. But since you brought up Kyrie, I don't really. I'll probably edit this out. But like, he's like the guy who read one book. Yes. But like he's always been this guy. I'm I'm absolutely gonna edit yeah. this part out. I'm sure. But like he's all so like he's been this guy. Like Jalen Brown and these like these other guys were like, look, I, I'm I'm painting a, a I'm painting dozens and dozens of dudes with the same brush. But like they were like, oh, hey, we're gonna get into this social thing. There were all these kind of Taylor Rooks people who were like, you should do this. You know, you should you should yeah. get involved with all this kind of stuff. And they were like, oh, people worship me in a different kind of way. You know, everybody worships me when I play ball. But now they also like I also get to like cosplay as MLK and like whatever you think about that. They're just like, hey, they're doing something else. Right. I'm sure a lot of them have good intentions for whatever. But like they were like, hey, we're doing this other thing. And it's just like, well, you know, basketball players want to be actors. Actors want to be rock stars. Rock stars want to be athletes, whatever. They just they want to do like the other thing. Right. But like. Kyrie has always been this guy, right? And, and say what you want about him. Like, he's like, he's, he's really more analogous to me to like Rodman or one of these other guys who's like an original, but like he's, he, he's, he's straight up his own guy. Like, I'll respect that much about it, but he's like really that nuts. And, 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 and so, and so we're left with this. Like, we, we, we had, I guess I'm just old enough to be like athletes at best. Are just like everybody else, but a lot of them are really, really dumb, and we spent a lot of time telling them we really want to hear what they thought. And I'm like, do you really want to hear what all these like 25 no. year old dudes think? All and they've I, done is play. Do you remember the athletes in your high school? Those guys are idiots. These right. these are the same guys. These are just the best of them. You, do you you're from the old internet, right? Like you've been on the internet for since yeah. before Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, and it's. I, I feel like people who are, are like that, like, see, like, how you can fall into, like, I understand how Kyrie and Jalen, or, uh, Jay, yeah, it's Jalen Brown, got into this. Like, I, I understand it, because I was yeah. there when, like, those posts were all over, like, you know, 4chan or, you know, a Real GM or, you know, like, I was there seeing it, like, happen in real life when I was 13, 14. <laughs> It, like all those insane people they see like oh the lab leak was true that means everything else is true they just right. haven't told us yet and it's and, like you don't understand like it when and because we're dudes like and because we're dudes and there's a female version of this too but because we're dudes the elation of being right about something for two years Oh, I mean, dude. we see it, we see it with sports, right? It's really just sports. We're literally, like, we literally live it every day, being Giannis fans. Yes, right, yeah, and, and every little version of that. Like, if there's if there's some some second round pick who sticks out, and you're like, oh, I think this guy's pretty good, and then like you're the one guy who was on the whatever train. Like, yeah. we, we live that way as guys, and so for people to be like, like you said, it just pushes that kind of stuff underground because then people are, you know, like. And yes, yes, this crosses with, first of all, yes, I'm cl- cutting all this out, but it, it does cross with political lines, but it's also just like dudes want to be right. And dudes don't like to be told that th- to shut up, like yeah. just flat out. Like that doesn't, that, so, so if you shut up, you silence people digitally, like it's, it just goes somewhere else. Charles McHutchins claims to be a great guy. Look at the facts. What are the real facts? He also claims that he plans to learn to water ski. But company records show his vacation to be only three days long. Well, you can't really learn to water ski in three days. Of course, that depends on what you mean by learn. You'd still be a beginner. Well. Seems the only thing Charles McHutchins is great for is lying. Hey, Charles, if you're great, I'm really great. Harrison Greeley III, really great. Paid for by friends of Harrison Greeley III. Never, I, my brain never thought that way. It was always like, I relate to this right. character because they have, you know, they're going through a struggle and have the feelings I have feelings for. Yeah, of and course. It's, it's crazy to think like there's this entire generation, an entire like subsect of people who are just like, I can only relate to Black Panther because I too am black. I could never relate to Superman. And it's like, I'm not six foot four and ripped. 
but I can relate to like Superman's struggles, you know? So let me cut, let me sort of cut this here and let me do, go back to last Jedi. And I think I can stitch it back from the last, last Jedi. Jedi. You, you got the fight right where he, where they ruined Luke Skywalker. My favorite character. Listen, my grandpa, he had, uh, he would fall asleep watching Star Trek The Next Generation. Star Trek The Next Generation, literally the greatest TV show ever. Futurama has that joke where Star Trek and Star Wars became religions and like the world went to war over them. Anyways, Luke Skywalker was the greatest hero. He was my favorite person. He was perfect. Return of the Jedi, favorite movie, because it's like just for that Tatooine scene where he he sends you know Leia in, he sends uh, Chewbacca in, like he sends all these people in trying to trying to get Han out without having to go in and kill everyone because he knows he can he knows he can just walk in there with his lightsaber and just murder everyone until he gets what he wants but he doesn't want to do that because he's right. inherently a good person Harrison Greeley the third Charles McCutcheons two rich men battling for our favor now it's time the people spoke and said enough the public airwaves are no place for unseemly character assaults. Mr. Greeley and Mr. McCutcheons, please stop this petty and hurtful public display. Hooray! Paid for by Reverend Anders and Citizens United Against Negative and Unnecessary Advertising. And that's not Luke Skywalker. That's Luke Skywalker and The Last Jedi where he betrays, you know, it, Kylo's and Han's kid, isn't he? He's yeah. Han and Leia's kid. His sister and best friend's kid, he's going to kill in his sleep because he had a bad dream about it. You're telling me that? How does how does that? It just, like, is not Luke Skywalker. And I, he's not going to... I don't know what you're going to cut out. We just had, like, 30 minutes on race. So I don't know if you're gonna what you're going <laughs> to cut out. But it's I, he's not going to give Grogu that choice and then kill Kylo. He's gonna like, like if they were real, they they would they should have taken it in a completely different direction. They should have like the last one where Kylo goes bad or whatever and he kills his dad. That could have been like the last one, and like the first few are like Luke and Kylo like working and like Kylo showing moments of him having like anger issues and like you know slowly leaking to the dark side as Luke tries to pull him back. But it's like this idea that like Luke betrayed him and let the dark side seep into him. But he was he believed so much that Anakin had light in him that he let he was ready to die. He was ready yep. for like he was he walked into the Death Star knowing I'm gonna die or I'm gonna prove my dad is good. Yep. Those are my options. And it's like to that character, twelve years later, is betraying his nephew. And also, very well said. Also, he would have just killed Kylo. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's not losing that fight to a sleeping kid. Right. Yeah, but that's, he, that's he, he goes into the Death Star at the end of Return of the Jedi. And every metaphor fits, and I probably talk about this every tenth episode. But like, basically, like you said, it's like this cycle of violence ends now. Yeah, I'm I love dying. you. I'm not here to kill you. Even yeah. my mentors are saying kill you. He breaks you. the cycle. Yes, he breaks the cycle through love, and then he starts it up again ten years later. Because right. we need three more movies. I, I really felt like they dropped the ball with the sequel trilogy in so many ways. But like, I didn't feel like it was political enough. Like it wasn't. In a way, like they didn't really do it. Like they wanted. I mean, like fascism is just a, a a moniker. It's just a label that you put on things. But they didn't really show any of that. They didn't show how that the first order worked. They didn't show like. And then Palpatine. They, did, back they did a better job of doing it in uh, what was that one-off like Vietnam movie uh, where they get the plans. Oh, and uh, Rogue One. Yeah, they did a better yeah. job of showing fascism at the beginning of that than they did in any of the three Kylo Ren movies. Oh yeah, totally. 
And it doesn't have to be like, I mean, it doesn't have to be like, well, we passed this bill, so blah, 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 and this is uh, starving the crop, so da, 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 but it just, just, okay, this is how this works, right? Not right. comically evil people doing something because they're comically right. evil. They show it, up to come take the guy away from his family because he has to build the Death Star. Yes. And he has no say in it. Yes. And it's like those get those guys going to do it. It's the guards at the Holocaust weren't breaking the law or whatever, or weren't evil or whatever. But it's like they were just there to do their job. They were they were there to get, you know, that dude to to come back to the Death Star. That was their mission. Go get him. He's living on this planet with his family. He's the best weapon designer in the in the Federation. We got to bring him in because we need to build this thing. Because we believe, you know, in and when you're that, you believe because you believe the government is, you know, the good, you know. We need to go to Afghanistan. We need to go to Iraq and bomb all these signs because, you know, right, Al Qaeda, exactly. you know, shot a shot a bullet through the, you know. That's my favorite, uh, like, uh, well, I don't know how to say it, but like a role change. Is to think of uh, like blowing up the Death Star as killing the Twin Towers. Reverend Anders, what are you after? What do you want? Who is the real Reverend Anders? Paid for by the Greeley McCutcheons Committee to crush Reverend Anders. You're gonna love Andor. Okay. You're gonna love Andor. Because it's not so far. There, there was a maybe one of the last graphic novels I read, it's probably 15 years ago now or something like that. There's this like Superman, I think it's Superman red sun where it's like, everything's the same except the spaceship crashes in Russia. And so he's raised as a communist. Right. And mm -hmm. like kind of as a, as a, yeah, as a elseworlds kind of thing is just a, like, a what if That's wait, Marvel's movie. Marvel's what if, yeah. but it's like, he's still basically good, but it's just kind of like, it's just running stuff from the other side. And so like, I forget if he's people are still jealous of him. I forget how it goes, but that's not what it's, that's not what Andor is doing. Andor is not doing. What if we're on the wrong side? What if, what if this, it's just like basically without spoiling anything, the early parts of the rebellion are like, we got to raise the stakes because we're getting choked slowly and we don't even recognize we're getting choked slowly. So we got to raise the stakes. So the empire is more oppressive to us so we can get this show going. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like all these people like self-motivated people who like have some beef, but it's not like everybody's working under Dr. Doom or anything like that. It's just like, well, the empire is kind of sucks, but like, like one of the best things about the prequels is like, they explain very early on that, like it's too bloated. It's too much of a bureaucracy. Like it's, it sucks. Right. I mean, it's like good for some people. It's good for just like anything else It's good for the rich and everybody else kind of just gets by, but it's not, it's, it's a super loose form of government and like super loose forms of government lead to oppressive forms of government and vice versa, because it, it's really almost like the sports analogy, like your Jason Kidd coach leads to your bootenholzer coach leads to your tyrant coach leads to your players coach, right? Like it just kind of goes back and forth and yeah, I, make, make time to watch that. I think you'll like that show. I'll check it out. Did you ever play a uh, fallen order? No. Which one is that? That's the one with uh, that's the most recent Star Wars game came out. Like is it the redhead? Which one is yeah. like with the redhead guy? Redheaded boy <clears throat> and the, with the little drone on his back. I saw some of the cutscenes as my kids were playing it. That's uh, that's a really good one. I that's uh, that's really good. That's like it takes place like right after the the prequels, so it's like uh, where they're all, they're exterminating Jedi's. And you're like a Jedi, um, like high in hiding, and uh, it's really good. You, it's it's got a lot of the uh, you know you see the the bad part. You start on like the the ship graveyard planet, and it kind of uh, it goes from there. Where like you're you save you you use the force to save someone, and then you know someone sees, and then the empire's after you because you're a jedi and it's it's a it's good at bringing you along on this uh it's what it's one of the only story games i've beaten twice 
That's oh, probably really? just, just to play it again. Yeah, that's probably the best. The best uh, best compliment I can give of a video game is that I beat it because I play at pretty <laughs> much every video game. But oftentimes I'll play like thirty percent and be like, "Yeah, this is good," but I don't care anymore. Uh huh. But this one I beat twice. That's because the story is just so good and you feel like a Jedi. I hate that trope in uh, video game reviews, but it's really good. And that guy's probably going to be in TV shows eventually, so it's good to get his background. Cool, cool. Um, but Andor, I will check it out. I got nothing left. I'm getting yelled at by my girl to come help her move a dresser. So. It's from Elijah Price at David Dunn 21 I've been on his podcast a few times. He's a good dude. He'll probably have me. He usually has me on after the the Packers get eliminated from the playoffs. I have a feeling I may be going on earlier this year or next year, I guess, than in years past. Early January as opposed to like early February. Dave writes in question of the week. So currently, with one Super Bowl appearance, Rodgers is still behind Favre and Star. Yes. Yeah. 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 I don't. I, I mean, yeah. I think so. Yeah, I think he's the third best quarterback in team history. I would say probably Bart Starr's one, Favre two, and then Rodgers three. Because Starr doesn't have the numbers, but the thing with Starr is Starr played in an era when, like, defenses could be defenses. And quarterbacks got beat out of them. You know? Oh, my God. Go back and watch some of that NFL film stuff from the 60s. Oh, my God. Quarterbacks got murdered and rest were just like, whatever. Part of the game. You know, Deacon Jones playing with a club on his hand and smacking quarterbacks in the head, like, you know? Oh, my God. <laughs> so, I think Starr's the best. Yeah, and he won the most, certainly, those great Lombardi teams. Um, and I probably would put Favre ahead of Rodgers. I w- I, it's close, but, you know, Favre, yeah, made it to two Super Bowls. You know? And Favre played, and you could still, defenses could still be defenses. That's the thing. Rodgers' numbers, he's put up great numbers, historic numbers. But a lot of guys playing now, too. It's just, it's almost impossible to play defense. The game is so slanted towards the offense. What would Rodgers' numbers, what would they look like if he'd played when Favre played or when Star played? Who knows? They'd certainly be a lot lower, I think. A lot lower in the case of Stars there, lower in the case of Favre's. But yeah, I mean, he's just been to the one Super Bowl, and that matters to me. I know... People get mad about that stuff, but it matters to me. I think it matters to you, too, Elijah. So, yeah, I'd say he's third. Yeah, I would say Rodgers is the third best quarterback in team history. Yeah. That's less a knock on Rodgers, I think, than just talking about how great this team's had it. Packers lose. That's loss number five. That clip courtesy of Lemp's Talking Pack. On the Packers Talk Network, the one thing, I forgot I sent that question, but the one thing I would probably add to that on the Far vs. Rogers column. Look, at this point, I mean, keeping it real, it's a virtual tie. Um, Favre is ahead, though. But virtually, it's about the same, which was always what was most interesting about it. The thing I would say, other than the difference in eras now, is... Taking into account leadership, like it's a lot harder. It's not Rogers' fault per se. Like it shouldn't count against Rogers that he got to sit and watch and learn from Favre's greatness and his mistakes and like sit around for three years. However, compare that to like learning from Jerry Glanville and getting the wackest team in the NFL up and running and inspiring Reggie White and all the other stuff that took place with dealing with Sterling Sharp thinking he was the best player on the team because he was, like dealing with all of that, and then kind of rocking with pretty good, like then going into the pretty good talent era, pretty good Bubba Franks, uh, Brent Fullwood, a little bit later, not Brent Fullwood, but like Edgar Bennett, Edgar Bennett's serviceable, Dorsey Levins, Robert Brooks good, Sharp Grape, Sharp gets hurt. Two Freeman and Ryzen, but like pretty good to very good is not the same as as Rogers inheriting the keys to the awesome version of Driver and you know all all of these guys, Jordy and all these guys. So it's a little bit different. But Packers lose. What was the original contract? At this point, was the contract that they tore up 
exactly going to run out when all the wheels fell off. I'm sure somebody who cares about the Packers is interested in that, but hmm. I thought I didn't think the wheels would fall off quite this quick, but the wheels do fall off quick. So we had some questions. We did answer the one, but I did have some questions. Let me pull these up right quick. Oh, and Limps did send a question. So Limps at Limps MKE asks if the pap if the Packers keep skidding and I just casually changed my podcast to Limps Talking Books, do you think anyone would hate the format change? I don't know. Did your traffic increase when the Packers are bad? I wonder how that goes, right? I figure people would have a lot of takes on how to blow it up. Like if all of a sudden the Bucks had some catastrophic injury, I think people would really be like I would listen to all the podcasts to have people say, well, what should we do now? Should we trade? Should we blow it up? Should we do this? Should we retool? So I wonder if the Limps Talking Pack brand is going to be even stronger with all this. I'll be listening tomorrow. I'll be listening to a lot of the local guys um, intermittently for the Schadenfreude, but just also to see what people actually think for a lot. Like I I was kind of editing this with it on in the background, so I wonder if there's anything I'm I missed. It was never in doubt, right? Never in doubt. Kendrick asks, would you continue to waste minutes on Nora? Kendrick is really down on Nora. Or since he's still so completely lost out there like a rookie. True. Should the Bucks start giving those minutes to Marjan? Marjan hit a three that I saw. People were down on the preseason. Remember, the preseason doesn't mean anything. I would... Let's give Nora this look. It funny randomly, still I think a top ten listen episode. People don't listen to these episodes much when it's not Bucks season. Some people appreciate the other kind of wacky stuff we do, but like, and like randomly the the episode where I was way too high on Nora, and I think maybe Boogie too is like way up there with like did the Frank Madden episode and stuff. So it's like I, it, it, Nora. Look, man, might as well might as well let this thing play out. Like they see him in practice, they 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 get the whole deal. If this is, they signed him for a reason, probably for the salary slot or to trade it or do whatever else. But even if they're pimping him out there so they can trade him, Marjan probably isn't going to survive past this trade and everybody getting healthy. And much like DJ Wilson or other stuff, even if he comes in and looks spry, it won't necessarily mean a thing, right? It'd be cool to get a few, like, in-traffic dunks to kind of get everybody excited and titillated, but it, run run out the clock on Nora. Let's see what he's got. That's what I would say. Bill at CBS says what he says. Yeah, um... So we basically answered this about Andor, but the complexity, he asks, the complexity is like the wire. I do wonder how they ever go back to silly Star Wars now. To just silly, hey, there was this base, and so we just walked in and took it kind of thing. And maybe you can do that with the power levels up from like having Jedi involved, but... You know, Mando Season 2... I think there's some quote somewhere where they were like, for whatever the, the Ahsoka show was going to be, but they, it was described as a samurai show, which is exactly what they should do. And there's an episode, whatever episode, the first one, I think, there was Zero Dawson is in Mando season two. It was a samurai showdown and an attack on a fortress and that kind of those kind of stakes, those kind of like that—that's what you want. Like the Jedi can win at the end, but the Jedi can't just waltz through everybody. So, um, but yeah, every, every the power levels, everything has to level down. Now, okay, yeah. So we didn't talk about this. So Jimmy Crackhorn responds to this, responds to Bill, and I don't want this. But if they do what they're doing it right, maybe this was the stakes of the show. Maybe this is just a concession to the show. This just not—I think it's more than just his theory. But he says there is a Jedi. He just hasn't outed himself yet, and he thinks that um, um, Doctor Selvig, whatever his whatever his na- his character name is, um, Skarsgård, is the Jedi. I don't want that man. 
I don't want that, but like everything else in the show, if that's what they're giving us, I'm sure it'd be great. But we don't we don't need Jedi in this story, to me. But if they give us Jedi, Jedi exists in, exists in the world. I'm cool with that, but I don't need that. Pelly Pell, Steve Pelly Pell, what do you make of the Bucks' age? Are they perilously old? Yes. Injury prone? Not yet. Or are they insulated by wisdom and experience? Let's say the last thing, although... Why not say the positive thing? Abaka hasn't looked any different. The other thing I don't think we said on the pod, I know we didn't say on the pod, is it is interesting. So the Giannis thing, it seems like the wait to the second half thing, it's way too small of a sample size to say that that's what they're doing. What I thought more in the Knicks game was interested is almost the reverse of like an NFL running back where you pound and pound and pound and soften them up and then those plays open up later. Him kind of, yes, creating some collisions, but kind of passing in the first half. On the one hand, it's driving you nuts, but it did seem like, as opposed to him just creating collisions, he had some beautiful scoop up and under, like to the right, to the left side of the hoop kind of claw turn your hand over kind of layups and he had a bunch of them like really nice layups his layups have really really been on point so far and I think there is something to you create all these collisions and then they're not sure and then you can kind of run by guys because they can't believe you just went for the layup and didn't just kind of spread your legs and just create a bunch of contact so and the one thing and keeping it real the one thing that Gilbert Arenas was right about even though he didn't say it the right way, and I don't think so, maybe it isn't something we should give him credit for. But like the one thing he was right about is Giannis is way too tired at the end of playoff games, and we've been saying for a while he needs to pace himself. And so if he's going to pace himself now, that's pretty cool, and maybe there'll be a little bit of wisdom. We didn't talk about every little aspect. <sighs> what a great turnaround bank shot, right? Tremendous. That was a clutch finish. Like we didn't really talk about the game because the game was so obvious, and we just we. Shafty said, hey, you want to come on? He came on. I thought it was, but that was a good conversation, right? Good conversation. Good guess. Um, but we just kind of talked about whatever we want to talk about. Outstanding finish. And like, again, the dream is not that if Chris is healthy and even back, it's not that we say, hey, Chris, you're our closer. So why don't you take six shots in the last three minutes and maybe you'll make half of them or maybe you make two of them. It's everybody gets a look. Drew is pretty clutch at the end when he's not turning the ball over and screwing everything up, right? But tremendous turnaround bank shot. It'd be nice if he actually had that in his repertoire. Like, it's good that he can make that. But there's still a hitch in his shot. There's still a hitch in his free throws. It's it's different every year, and it's just he kind of stumbles around until he finds something that works for him. But outstanding clutch win. That's a, probably, it's crazy to say it's the Hawks at home on a big homestand early in the season, but... They, they closed, man. That's what they couldn't do in the Celtics game. So it was, it was a fun game. So thanks again, Steve, for your question. Harrison Greeley III and Charles McCutcheon's claim to have newfound respect and admiration for each other. And it's true. Fact. Harrison and Charles have shared with each other personal memories of growing up rich. Fact. Both have worked together to destroy a common enemy. Fact. The two have made specific plans to do things together in the future. Trust, respect, warmth. Harrison Greeley III and Charles McCutcheons, friends. Digs up in the slot, three straight running plays, and Singletary reels off another big one. Into the secondary, good cut Singletary, all the way to the 15-yard line. 32 on that run, his longest of the year. And Allen is going to escape. Point, takeoff. Allen, first down. Allen to the one yard line. Second and four for Allen. And he'll hand on the move to McKenzie. The shake, the first down into the goal line. In for the touchdown. Isaiah McKenzie on the ground. Kansas City take on a division leader in Tennessee. Big weekend next weekend on NBC. From the 20 Allen, let's go. Downfield for Diggs. He's got it. Diggs to the 25 yard line. 
action. Moana, the takeaway. It's sort of a club, those quarterbacks. They spend a lot of time talking around different communities. From the 48, Allen escapes the sack, throws on the run. Beautiful toss. In flight is cooked to the 10. Take it down to the six-yard line. 